This is a trigger warning. In this episode, we will be discussing sexual predatory behavior against a minor. Today's episode is going to be a lot more serious than my usual content. I have constantly told you that I try to give out my best modeling tips and advices, and I do mean it. I believe it's my responsibility to try my absolute best to keep all of you informed so you can be aware of what is out there because knowledge is power. I interview Sydney Gard, 20-year-old petite model who is signed to Click Models. Right at the beginning of her career though, five years ago, she unfortunately became a victim of a sexual predator who used photography and his success as a disguise to manipulate and abuse young girls and women like Sydney. Besides sharing her story, at the end we discuss ways we believe you can be safer and protect yourself from people like this. This episode in no way, shape, or form is used to make anyone scare about the modeling industry. On the contrary, the goal is to provide you with knowledge and tools that can make your experience a lot better. Feel free to listen with your parents as the information will be beneficial for them too. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, Sydney, for being here on the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really happy that you're here. Um, so I guess, you know, let's just start with the questions. Uh, first of all, Mm -hmm. um, how long ago did you start modeling? So I started modeling about five years ago now. I was 15 at the time and I am 20 now. Okay. Um, and so right now you're like a sign model, right? Like you're signed to uh, click models in Atlanta. Yes, and I love them so much. I've been through four agencies. They're my fourth now. And oh, really? so far, best experience. They are wonderful people, and they really care about their models as individuals, which is pretty rare in this industry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's sometimes it's not even about, like, the name of the agency. It's about, like, your actual agents and, you know, them caring mm-hmm. about you and you doing good and stuff like that. So I'm really happy that you're happy with them. That's amazing. Yeah, me too. So, um, but when you first started, though, you didn't start with an agency, right? Like you started just, you know, collaborating with photographers and, you know, doing it for fun type of stuff, like the majority of us. So actually, kind of what started my modeling career is I used to be really into photography. So my friends and I would take a lot of pictures of each other. And so I started taking and posting a lot of photos of myself and actually a local agency reached out to me and they were like, hey, we're having this open call. We're really new. You should come see if we're a good fit together. So I went and I actually signed with them really quickly. Um, since they weren't a very developed agency, they weren't the best. And no offense to them because they gave me a great start. Mm-hmm. But I quickly realized it wasn't a right fit, but I am very thankful for them because they were really the first ones that gave me the confidence to pursue modeling more seriously. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much after I signed with them was when I did my first shoot, but my first shoot was not through the agency. Okay. So, um, um, it sounds like, uh, throughout the years from like what I've seen on your Instagram and stuff, like the agencies before click, they were really, they were not really like helping you, not even develop you. So you were doing like things on your own and you were like, you know, shooting with different photographers, building your own experience and your portfolio. And it was just like this, like, um, like your own personal project type of thing. Like, I'm assuming nobody was telling you, like, you should shoot this type of looks or you should shoot with this photographer. Like you were just doing it on your own, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And I do really like that. Even when I was doing freelancing in between shoots, I really did love having the entire control over what I was shooting and the kind of looks that I was filling my portfolio with. And honestly, my time I spent freelancing and just working on my portfolio is when I feel like I got the most experience. I learned the most about the industry and just making connections yourself. And it's good to also have those skills so that you're not entirely relying on an agency because there's only so much that they can do for you, especially when you're petite and you have to figure things out on your own and work that extra mile, you know? Yeah, exactly. This is something that like a lot of models have to do. Like we have to look for, you know, the connections and photographers ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming the photographers that you were working with, you were getting that connections through like Instagram, right? Oh, for sure. Social media has been honestly the most constructive and destructive force in my life because, you know, every girl and just everyone in general goes through that whole thing of comparing yourself to other people, comparing your followers, your looks, just where you're at career wise. But at the same time, it's been so helpful because without it, I really don't think I would have made all those connections. And I don't think that I would be where I am now if I didn't have Instagram. Same. I feel the exact same way. Like Instagram did open a lot of doors of for opportunities for everyone mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time you cannot just take any opportunity that is thrown your way mm -hmm. um, so this is why I, I wanted to have you on here and I want to talk a little bit about an experience that unfortunately happened mm -hmm. to you and um, yeah so could you tell us who AJ is and how did he get in contact with you how did you learn about mm -hmm. him So I actually found AJ on my own. He was on my explore page on Instagram one day and he had a ton of followers. He had worked with some really big name models. He just had amazing images. So I followed him. I liked some of his photos, but at the time I probably had like 2000 followers. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I was thinking there's no way that this guy will ever notice me, but he has some really great work. So I was just liking his photos and He actually did notice my account. He reached out to me and he was like, hey, you have a great look. I think we should work together. I could totally get you signed to some big name agencies. Like this could be a really good working relationship. And so I was thrilled and I was like, oh, he, my gosh, he this said is that, it. Like, my right, big break. Like, right away. Sorry, he said that right away. Like, you know, like, I don't know, like any other type of like change or maybe like first experience who you were as a person. He just like said like, oh, I have this connections with this big agencies and I got you. Yeah, he definitely name dropped a lot in the beginning and um, also mentioned agencies that he was close to. So because I had seen him work with really well-known models that seemed reliable, I was like, okay, yeah, he really does have these connections. This is a big opportunity. Like, I don't see anything wrong with this. Yeah. So it kind of just went that way where he would tell me all the things that he could do for me right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So and like, so, so what happened after he reached out to you? And uh, I mean, like, what did you reply? How was like the exchange after that? So I was overjoyed because even though this was so early in my modeling career, I was like, oh my goodness, this is my opportunity. Like, I'm going to become so famous, get all these great photos and whatnot. So I was just really excited about the whole situation. And so there were a lot of red flags from the beginning, but I completely ignored them because in my head I was just thrilled. And I was also really young at the time and I had you? never had any experience modeling. So I didn't get that. How old were you? I was 15. This was right at the beginning. Like right. this was my very first shoot, actually. Okay. So you, you signed with that agency that you said you signed with mm -hmm. and then he he messaged like 
he messaged you. Yeah, I had followed him, but I'm pretty sure that he was the one that messaged me first. Okay. Um, and what happened after that? What 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 so, other messages? What happened? So we texted back and forth for a while, super friendly, I thought. Um, he asked me for just selfies and bathing suits and stuff because he wanted to get a good idea of what my look was. Mm -hmm. And he wanted like a no makeup selfie. And I sent it to him and he was like, oh my gosh, this agency is going to love you. I'm not going to say the name because I don't think I should name drop like that. Mm -hmm. But he was just like, yeah, they're going to love you. Like you have such a great look. And that was the end of our first conversation. And so I was just really thrilled. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they're going to love me. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So like so he was like te- like telling you to send him like pictures but at the time it was mm-hmm. nothing because like a, a no makeup selfie sounds very um like it's not alarming you know it's, yeah it's fine but like i mean the bikini photos maybe but he it was still like bikini so it's still it's mm-hmm. not like you know I, I, it, like if you're 15 and you don't know anything about the of the, of the industry you're not gonna be alarmed by oh no you know um Mm -hmm. so after that like what were like the red flags that maybe you did not see at that early time but now looking back you notice like oh there was there was it was definitely not right so the red flags were actually very obvious but at the point where I started seeing those red flags we had already sort of built this weird friendship dynamic and I trusted him and I believed that he was going to get me those connections, that he was going to get me signed with a good agency and that he was going to build my portfolio. So I really honestly tried to overlook the red flags. But basically, I think the first thing was when we very when we shot for the very first time, um, he wanted me to take underwear photos. And honestly, at that time in that age, I didn't see anything wrong with that okay. because I growing up always like looked up to Victoria's Secret Angels and I was like oh my gosh I would love to do that and it's just become so normalized for girls to be naked or half naked in the media Mm -hmm. that I just really didn't think anything about that I didn't think about my age because I've always felt more mature than I am so Mm -hmm. I was like heck yeah like this is what it's gonna take to get me famous get me signed with a good agency like I'm here for it yeah so I did take photos in lingerie and I was 15 um, I also didn't get all of the photos back from that shoot. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting because I don't know if he still has those photos, but I know that he did and I did not. Okay. So that was kind of the first red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the on, way, this shoot, the red... sorry. The way that, oh, no, go for it. Um, this shoot that you did, um, was, was any of your parents, did any of your parents got involved? Like did your mom or your dad go, went with you? Were they there? Did they see anything? So my mom was at the shoot with me and basically she was in the waiting area of his studio. It was set up so that it was kind of blocked off by two walls and then you could walk through Mm -hmm. and she wasn't really involved. My parents are very overprotective. So like they would, if they had seen me taking photos in underwear, they would have had a big issue with it and they would have stopped me immediately, but she wasn't right there. And I kind of told her to stay away because I was nervous and it was my first shoot and I didn't really want her watching me. Uh So I had asked her to kind of keep her distance. Okay. So she had no idea you were shooting in underwear. Yeah, no idea. Okay. Uh, So what happened after, afterwards? So after we shot, I kind of had a weird feeling I kind of thought maybe I overstepped my boundaries a little bit and Mm -hmm. did more than I should have. But after that, 
I just went about my normal life. We texted in kind of a friendly way. He would call me like pet names like Boo and stuff like that. And he kind of gave off like a gay best friend type of vibe. Like I don't want to Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think he tried to make it seem like he was so uninterested in me. Mm -hmm. But it was super friendly and like calling me pet names and stuff like that. So he was trying to build that trust and build that relationship. Yeah. As most predators do when they're kind of grooming you. Mm -hmm. So I didn't understand that. But he would be like, oh, yeah, like next time we shoot, I'll bring alcohol. I'll bring vodka. Like we can do shots and stuff so you're more relaxed. And I was like, haha, yeah. (laughs) But I still – like in my head, I was like, that seems a little weird, but I was like, oh, well, like he just wants me to have a good time. And so I didn't really understand what was going on. Okay. You you did not see that like huge red flag. Um, okay. And like, but did you like, I've, when you say like, haha, yeah, like, were you like uncomfortable? I was uncomfortable because I was like, my parents would not be okay with this. Anyone else that I told about this would think it's weird. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of brushed it off because I wanted to think that he had good intentions, even though he didn't. Okay. And now that you're saying that, like you like when you thought of telling other people, they would have they would say something. Um, mm-hmm. did, by this by this moment, have you told anybody what was going on, or did you just keep it all to yourself? I kept it all to myself. There was a point where I did tell my friends some of it, but I even told them in a joking way. And I was like, haha, it's fine though. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Uh And I just really tried to brush all of it off because I didn't want to accept the fact that he was being a predator. Okay. Um, Yeah. So what happened after after that? Like, did, did you actually like do the shoot and did he actually bring alcohol? We actually didn't ever shoot again because more red flags kept coming up. Uh Um, One following after that was that he told me he wanted me to shoot lingerie with one of his friends. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest red flag to me because I was like, I am 15. His friend that he was telling me about was, I think, 30 at least. Okay. And that's that's not right. Um, Yeah. And even though I tried to brush everything off, I knew that that was kind of like a big Mm no-no and so he had said that to me and then he was messaging me and he said hey my friend wants me to send you his dick pic and I was like what and like he sent it to me and here's the thing though I don't think it was his friends I think it was his photo okay and I think he was trying to send that from a point of like oh it's not mine but what do you think about my friend's photo like Uh wanting me to like have an honest response but so that was a big issue um I did know immediately that that was really bad I did laugh it off because once again I kept thinking that he did have good intentions and that he really would help me get somewhere Mm -hmm. in this industry yeah and I understand now that that was not right at all but I was 15 so I did not really get that at the time of course um so so what happened after that like like now that you saw this like really you know big red flag and you obviously felt, felt uncomfortable like What did you do next or what did he do next? So he was still texting and calling me regularly at this point and being super friendly. He would ask me a lot of questions, like very personal questions about my virginity and stuff. And one time I told him that I was still a virgin and I was saying that that was something I thought was really special and I was waiting to do anything. And he was like, oh, you just need to lose it. It's not a big deal. 
And he kind of said that stuff to me. Mm-hmm. And I think he was conditioning me to think that that stuff was not a big deal. Yeah. And that all of the stuff he was saying was completely normal. Uh-huh. But even at the time, I knew that I didn't agree with what he was saying. Yeah. So that kind of kept going on for a little while. And actually, I was getting my phone fixed one day. And then so I didn't have a cell phone. And I left my computer at home and I messaged him from my computer and I was like, hey, I want to have a phone for a little while. Like, don't message me. And I went to my friend's house. And so I left my computer at home mm-hmm. and my parents went on my computer while I was gone and they saw all of the messages with him. And basically my parents right away were like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get him arrested. And they shut it down so quickly once they figured out what was going on. And they were like, why didn't you tell me? Like, why didn't you talk to us about this? But I just, there was a point where I just felt so stupid for ignoring everything. Mm -hmm. I realized that what I was doing was not right by letting his behavior continue, but I didn't know how to shut it down at that point. And I was still trying to be positive and make it seem like it wasn't as big of a issue as it was because I just didn't want to admit that. Yeah, no, I I completely understand. And uh, it's, it's just like you're trying to like... I don't know, like make it seem less than what it was mm-hmm. and also like kind of like black out that part, you know, and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just like a weird way of like coping mechanism, I think maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So you're mentioning that your parents, you know, found out about him and uh, so what they wanted to do, like what what happened, like when they found out, how did they talk to you? How did you like react? Um, how did they react with you? So both my parents were very emotional talking about it, which is understandable. (laughs) Um, But they wanted to go to the police with the information. And my dad had screenshots of everything that he had said. And he was really ready to take action against him. But I was a sophomore in high school at a very small private Christian school where everyone kind of knew everyone's business. Mm -hmm. And I was really embarrassed about the situation. So I basically begged them not to do anything about it just because I was afraid about how it would reflect on me. I thought that people my age would also think the same thing that I had thought that I was stupid for letting it get to that point. So basically because I felt so guilty and ashamed, I didn't let them do anything about it. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I understand, like I've seen so many, like, um, similar cases and it Mm -hmm. like everyone feels the same way and it's so like crazy because you shouldn't feel that way like it was definitely Mm -hmm. not your fault it was like literally you had a predator like coming after you and they're very smart they know how to manipulate you they know what to say Mm -hmm. they're preying on literally your dreams of becoming a model or like whatever it is in any other other situation but they're literally doing that and like Mm -hmm. yeah i i understand how you felt and the need Mm -hmm. of like not put it out there because you felt like everybody was Mm going to know that you were dumb and you know like it was just like Mm -hmm. it's completely wrong because that's how you know this type of people get away with it you know because you don't say Mm -hmm. anything you stay silent and then the next model the next girl you know unfortunately like similar situation um but there's there's obviously there's no need for you to feel bad about it like it's it's Mm -hmm. normal and you're not alone and all that stuff um so after you told your parents that you know to not please go to the police and um go after him legally uh what happened so i just kind of 
really suppressed all of that that had happened. I just tried to forget about it and I pushed it so deep that I really did not process or heal from any of that trauma. And it basically all came up a year later. I don't really know what happened. I think it was when I was writing an essay for one of my classes and that experience came up in my mind and basically everything kind of fell apart at once. Um, I just had a big meltdown about it, but luckily my friends were there for me and I wasn't alone dealing with that. But it was very unfortunate because around this time when I was starting to process all of the trauma, a girl from my school started telling people that I was blowing a photographer for agency contracts and for free photos and basically she had heard about part of this story and was turning it into that so that was very hard because that made everything a lot worse that was not the situation at all and it just made everything a lot worse Mm -hmm. and uh create like people in high school they're terrible um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah But like, uh, what about AJ? Like what happened to him? Um, So he actually is pretty much entirely off the grid now because even though I didn't want to take any legal action against him, I have been very vocal in talking about this because I am not the only girl that this happened to. There are upwards of, I think, 50 girls right now that have openly spoken about this since I um, worked on the article for Dame Magazine and it was written by Samuel Braslow and we did a series of interviews over I think about a six month period before the story was released and his story was about predators in the media and it ended up turning into a story basically only about AJ because once he started talking to me he found so many other women that had similar stories and honestly some were a lot worse and had to do with being drugged, waking up, not knowing what happened him physically abusing them and just so many horrible stories like that that like have all happened and he's gotten away with it every time this was the first time i think someone has really been outspoken against him mm-hmm. um by the way just for reference how old is how how old do you think he is or how old do you know he is i actually do not know if i had to guess i would say probably late 30s or at least early 40s by now that's insane that's insane yeah and most of the girls were very young and probably underage also or early 20s yeah i believe that because Mm -hmm. when you're young you don't know what you know Mm -hmm. an older man is telling you and what he's doing to you you know you just Mm -hmm. believe in the authority you know believe that somebody that's older than you it's it's um is being honest with you and if they talk to you nicely then they're a nice person and mm-hmm. it goes i think it also goes with this whole like when we're young we're always told like listen to your older elders mm-hmm. and it's that's not always the case i completely agree with that and i think these upcoming generations are being more vigilant about all of that but i just think our parents generations didn't really know about this kind of stuff because they also didn't really know about social media and how all of that worked so it's just completely different now yeah no for sure and this is why i i wanted to have you here on the podcast and share your story because Mm -hmm. um i have so many like young followers like Mm -hmm. like early 20s and teens following me and they're all like not everyone obviously but at that age you're desperate Mm -hmm. to have any opportunity Mm -hmm. that crosses your way 
And if somebody seems very legit or they have a ton of followers on social media, like mm -hmm. happen to you, or they have really nice photos, you feel like that's your one and only chance and you just have to accept whatever they tell you to do or to bring mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And uh, I just want to put this information out there. So, you know, girls are smarter about what's out there, you know, and they can protect themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, like instead of, you know, teaching people not to do this type of stuff it's more about learning how to protect yourself mm -hmm. from these type of situations um so so he just so aj completely disappeared like he shut down his instagram and any other social media platforms and you just have not heard anything about him from since since that happened I have not, but since I worked on that article, I have had a lot of women come forward and reach out to me and be like, hey, this happened to me too, and it's so nice to hear someone talk about it. I'm glad that he's being put under pressure, but the only thing I have actually heard about him is that he's probably living in Florida right now with his brother, mm -hmm. um, and his brother, I think, oh, actually, I probably shouldn't talk about that because his brother's pretty well known, <laughs> but, oh, but yeah, so... He's just living in Florida right now, very under the radar. Um, as far as I know, does not have any social media. I don't think he's really doing much photography anymore, or at least not in like the modeling industry. Mm -hmm. Do you, you think it like one day um, he'll be able to, you know, get in trouble legally? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think if any girl wanted to come forward and really take action against him, they could. I know that I still could. Um But I just think it's hard. It's really hard being a female and ever accusing anyone of something like that. And obviously, you get put under fire for that, too, a lot of times. And there's so many people that don't believe you. But I think easily there's a very strong case against him right now. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't see how. But, yeah, I, I'm assuming somebody has to press charges for mm -hmm. it to actually, like, you know, something to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's crazy how some people. But I'm glad that, you know, the word got out and people mm -hmm. know about his background. So hopefully he'll not, you know, do anything to anybody. Yeah. You know, but now that like this has happened to you. So how long ago was so this was five years ago? Mm -hmm. Okay. So like now that you went through this, um, How have you been able to, like, you know, cope with it or, like, um, work on overcoming it, um, if you still are? Um, so, honestly, just continuing modeling and having good experiences and good connections has really helped me a lot. I know that there's a lot of creepy people in the industry still, but I have met so many amazing people and modeling has just been an amazing journey. It's given me so much confidence, so much like ability to make those connections. But I will say therapy also helps a lot <laughs> for everything in life, especially for this. So just the usual, I've been Still kind of coping with it. Also, talking with Samuel Braslow as he was writing the article for Dame about this story mm -hmm. was actually very therapeutic because he was the first person to really be like, Sydney, this was not your fault. Like, he was so much older than you and he took advantage of you and it's not your fault. And that was the first time that I ever really felt like, oh, it wasn't my fault. He's right. So, 
honestly, that is what has helped me cope the most. And I absolutely love the writer. He's just a fantastic guy, but that has helped me so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, so happy that you turn, you still turn into modeling and you just try to like have really good experiences and mm -hmm. it still has helped you, you know, grow as a person and become more confident because I feel like I don't want people to listen to your story and then think like modeling is bad or I'm oh, going to be, yeah. you know, I'm going to be scared mm -hmm. or like I'm not going to like throw myself out there because this type of stuff can happen. And it's mm -hmm. not about that. Obviously, it's about learning what's out there, like being aware of your surroundings, basically. Yeah. And then just being careful. But if as long as you're careful and as long as you know what what mm -hmm. you're doing, who you're talking to and, and take, you know, precautionary steps you're going to have an amazing career, like you're going to have mm -hmm. fun, you're going to, you know, grow, like, people shouldn't um, be scared to, like, enter this career, because mm -hmm. as, as you said, like, you're still very, very happy modeling, yeah. and, you know, growing, and still collaborating with photographers, and doing what mm -hmm. you love to do, so I'm really happy to, like, hear that from you, and hear that you're, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, that you have coped with it and you have taken the the steps to like, you know, be in a very better mental state. Um, mm. So now that, you know, you went through all of that, um, what would you tell your younger self if you could in that time? Um, so I guess what I wish I could tell my younger self and just kind of all girls in general right now is, Never go to a shoot alone, especially in the beginning of your career. I think at the point now where I do feel safe being on my own, but it's really important to have someone there in the beginning. You don't understand the red flags. You don't understand any warning signs. Um, it's also important to share your location with people just in case something does happen. You always want to make sure there are people to hold you accountable. And I just... I wish I could tell myself to be more careful, but also I do think that I learned a lot from this experience. So I don't, I don't have a lot of negative feelings towards it anymore. I kind of released all of that, but I just wish I could tell myself not to blame myself for what happened too, because it took me a long time to really stop feeling that guilt. It wasn't probably until this past year that I really stopped feeling guilty for it. And every once in a while too, I look back on it and cringe a little bit because I think that I could have handled it differently, but I mean, it's life. You can't always make the best decisions. Everyone makes mistakes and we all wish we could go back and make better choices. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like the, the writer told you like a hundred percent, like it was not, it was not your fault. You were literally yeah. 15 and this man mm -hmm. was like 30, 40. Like, I, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's, there's no way, like your brain is not developed mm -hmm. enough to be able to handle that situation and like see and act up like it's like um it was not your fault and you shouldn't feel ashamed but mm -hmm. i understand like yeah. the feeling though like i understand you thinking that it was your fault and you were not smart enough mm -hmm. when in reality it was just not you were not old enough to understand yeah. what was going through yeah thank you for saying that you're welcome Um, so I wrote other things that I think are important, uh, for a model, mm -hmm. for an aspiring model to, you know, like, um, like think about before they engage with a photographer. And like you said, mm -hmm. uh, one of the very important ones is like, never go to a shoot on your own, 
always, mm-hmm. always take your parents with you. And this is something yeah. that I repeat to models when they, whenever they say like, oh, I want to model by my parents. Don't let me or like, I don't know what to tell yeah. my parents. I'm like, you have to have your parents involved. And it's mm-hmm. not just about the legal part of it because like you, they need to sign paperwork or things like that. It's just mm-hmm. for your safety. Because I things, completely agree with that. Yeah, because things like this can happen with agents. It can happen with clients. Mm-hmm. It can happen with photographers. So you really need to have your parents by your side, even after you're over 18. Like mm-hmm. I was, I started modeling at 19 and I had my dad come with me to every single shoot for the first few years, for like first, I mm-hmm. think the first two years he will be with me at all times and i'm very grateful for that but you know i was over 18 already i was an adult and i still mm-hmm. had my dad with me and i think i think if you're still like around that age you still should have your parents with you because your brain starts i mean stops developing like um there's a part of your brain that starts stops developing until you're like 25 mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the part of the brain that's like the rational part that helps you take good decisions mm-hmm. and see the consequences of your actions. So if you're under 25, that's when you can fall on this type of stuff. So it's really, really important that you have mm-hmm. you know, an adult with you. Um, so the other thing that I wrote too is um, to check the photographer's work. So if you see the mm-hmm. photographer's work and the majority of the stuff is things that you wouldn't be comfortable in shooting then i mm-hmm. wouldn't engage with that photographer even though for sure he, even though he has a big name or he has a very strong following on instagram mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable with what you're already seeing in the photos might as well not even like you know reply to his mm-hmm. dm or contact him yourself you know because sometimes you think like oh my god his photos are so cool i want to do like something different yeah let me like convince him and that Mm -hmm. might not might not work out yeah i completely agree with that and um there have actually been a lot of girls that i'm friends with now in the industry like or my agency or just however i've met them and they have all told me stories about how they've shot things that they regretted shooting right after and they shot things that were normal to that photographer. They shot things that were his style, which was revealing. Mm -hmm. But all these girls have had similar situations where they've taken photos and then regretted it. But at that point, if you've signed a model release, they can do whatever they want with the photos. And unfortunately, you're not entitled to ask them to take them down, Mm -hmm. which really sucks that it's that way, but it is. And I've been in that situation too. So it's definitely safe bet to just not engage with the photographer at all if their work is too revealing for you. Yeah, exactly. Because you Mm -hmm. think you, oh, you know, I might be fine. Like I'm going to tell him that I'm not going to do this or that. We're just going to get to this point. But when you're already shooting and you're already like in front of the camera and he kind of hints to do a little more and do a little more, you give in. And then Mm -hmm. you regret the whole experience. So might as well just like steer clear. Um, Another thing that I wrote is also that um, the amount of followers, the blue check mark, um, Mm -hmm. how big their name is in the industry or how professional they seem online doesn't mean anything, Mm -hmm. you know? So don't take that as your like, I don't know how you say, is it like the blue star? No, it's the blue star. Um, Northern Star? 
maybe <laughs> i don't know but just don't take that just take that as like what will tell you like oh like this is this is gonna be safe for me yeah you know because like they they could be follow far they could have a million followers and be mm -hmm. a, and be a predator so don't don't rule that out and don't think like oh i'm not gonna bring my parent with me to the yeah. shoot because this photographer is very big and he and another thing is that if if you say that you're gonna bring someone with you and they say like oh like you can't or like i'm more comfortable if it's just me and you in the room mm -hmm. no run that's a huge i was literally run. about to say that because i had that happen recently yeah so um my parents do still come to me with shoots if it's a new photographer or a male honestly i know that Females can still abuse others. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but I do feel safer when I'm shooting with women. I've never had a bad experience with a woman. So if I'm shooting with the new male, then I still have my parents come with me and I'm 20 and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, it's perfect. But there was a photographer that I shot with last year when mm -hmm. I was 19 and he basically asked me again to shoot recently and he said, can you come alone? I don't feel comfortable having your mom there. And I was like, then we're Why? not shooting and he was yeah he like didn't have any reason for it either and then come to find out i talked to one of my photographer friends about it and he told me that this photographer has slept with a lot of women in atlanta and i don't know the context about whether that was consensual or not but basically that is a huge red flag and i am very glad that i did not shoot with him because anyone who asks you to come alone there's obviously a reason why they want you alone and yeah. it's just never worth it exactly 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 like mm -hmm. if, if they're like oh like i'm just more comfortable like you know just shooting on my own or like whatever excuse they come up with because sometimes you say like mm -hmm. oh can i bring my boyfriend you know that's another like perfect person to bring yeah. with you um they're like oh no like boyfriends get jealous or whatever I hear it that is. All yeah time. it's just like <laughs> dude then like no I'm, like you're yeah. better off not shooting with this person um for sure yeah so um Another thing that I wrote, it was like, even though he doesn't show inappropriate photos or too revealing photos on their Instagram, that mm -hmm. does not mean they're not shooting it behind That's the true. scenes. So mm -hmm. another reason why you should always bring someone with you and sh you should always agree to what you're shooting beforehand, because that doesn't mean he doesn't shoot that the kind of stuff, because it could be for, for sure. their own like pleasure. So, mm hmm yep <laughs> yeah Tough. absolutely yeah um what else did i wrote um oh yeah also like to remember that there's like hundreds to thousands of hundreds photographers out there so if mm -hmm. one of them doesn't want you to bring someone with you or one of them is telling you to do something that you're not comfortable with then just say bye mm -hmm. there's Yeah, there's so many like millions of photographers out there. So if this one doesn't want to agree to what mm -hmm. you're comfortable with, then just go move on to the next one because it's not yeah. worth it. I completely agree with that. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying about how amount of followers doesn't matter. Verification doesn't matter. Who they worked with doesn't matter. Because a lot of times, too, the people with the most followers are the ones that get away with stuff. Yeah, because mm -hmm. if they're a big person and well known, a lot of times People are too afraid to come out and say anything about them. And I completely understand that, unfortunately, but that's just how it is. So I feel like it doesn't matter who they are. They're always potentially a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Like a perfect example is I can't remember his name, but uh, there was this guy who used to shoot Kim Kardashian 
and he oh, had i heard about him. yeah and he had one million followers on uh, instagram and i think he was verified mm-hmm. and he did so many horrible things to like i don't even know the amount of girls he was probably in the hundreds and mm-hmm. he used his connection of like oh i shoot for kim kardashian and i have so many followers mm-hmm. and i know these big names to literally like manipulate you to agreeing mm-hmm. to this like wrong eventful shoots mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so uh, and then the last thing that I wrote was that um, if you just want to know, if you're like completely unaware and you want to know names of photographers mm-hmm. that have been um, checked, uh, no, not checked, have been, um, the people know that they're predators out there and it yeah. have been more than once, uh, they should go to Shit Model Management's Twitter. Yeah. And you are going to see a really, really, unfortunately, a really, really long list of photographers Mm -hmm. who had done really bad things to models. Um, Mm. And I saw AJ's name on that list. Oh, really? Yeah, because I just checked it. It's been a minute since I looked at it, but I actually did know and have worked with a couple of the guys on the list, which I've never had bad experiences with them, but Mm. I do trust the females that are coming forward and yeah. wanting their names on the list. I'm always going to believe a female about any experience like that, but it's unfortunate. It's a very long list. <laughs> it's a very long list, but yeah, it, it yeah. shows you their name. Um, and I mm-hmm. think they're even their Instagram handle if they, if they have it. So if, yeah. if anybody that's listening wants to, you know, have that list screenshot it because uh, the first time she published mm-hmm. it, like the person from the, the account published it, she had to, put it down um mm-hmm. because she was like scared of like something was going to happen to her because she actually started yeah. getting, like threats um but she hats it up on her twitter now um, okay good so it will be a good thing t- for you to go like whoever is listening to go right now to twitter screenshot all of the names and just have it saved because mm-hmm. you never know if she will have to put it down again um yeah but yeah so like i i i really want models to like listen and not believe that everything that shine is gold mm-hmm. you know and just to be safe yeah. and like i said like i i this like modeling is an amazing career it has made mm-hmm. both of us really happy we had For incredible sure. experiences uh, i've met really really good people there's the good outweighs the bad always mm-hmm. there's more good in the world than there is bad but obviously the bad stuff is very loud and um yeah but believe me like if you're you're if you're staying safe uh, if you're taking the necessary precautions if you're having your par- mm-hmm. parents involved um you're going to be fine you're going to enjoy the industry and it's going to be a great great time for you um anything else that you would like to add before we're done well first of all about making connections and stuff like if I hadn't gotten into modeling I would have never had any connection to you but like I always see everything you post like your Instagram and your TikTok and I just love it because I feel like you are such a good role model to women it's just great to see that but also I was going to say that um, another thing you can do to be more cautious before you ever shoot with anyone is to ask models that have worked with them, DM them on Instagram and be like, Hey, what was your experience with this person? And sometimes the girls won't respond or whoever they worked with, Mm -hmm. but it's good to message multiple people and have 
different perspectives. Recommendations. Yeah. 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 It's good to hear about people's experiences. Make sure that they had a good experience before you even think about engaging with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. a great, great advice. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sydney, for sitting on the podcast and sharing your story. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be very, very helpful to the women and girls that listen to it. Um, and I know it's not easy to, to share it, to talk about it, mm-hmm. but I just want to know that you're, you and the listeners know that you're very, very strong. Thank you're you. very, very strong <laughs> women and you should be very proud of yourself. So yeah. So thank you so much for being here and, uh, thank you everyone for listening and uh, yeah, until next time. Bye. Yeah.